Our scripture passage today is from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, verses 11 to 18. Before we read that, let us pause for a moment in prayer. Good and wonderful Father, Lord, we thank you that you have not left us as orphans. Lord, abandoned and lost uh, without any guidance for our way here upon earth. But Lord, instead, you have given us your word. Lord, revealed through the prophets and the apostles and written down in Holy Scripture to give to us. Lord, we can understand none of these things written here without the same spirit that inspired these words to inspire us now. So, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit move among us in our hearts and minds, that we may hear, that we may read, and that we may understand. Lord, bless this holy reading of your holy word, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 11 to 18. Listen now to the word of the Lord. Again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. I have also seen this example of wisdom under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that poor man. But I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. The words of the wise and quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So you probably noticed that out there in life, there are some people that seem to be luckier than everybody else. I think we've all seen them. We've come across people that seem to just have good genes, you know, and didn't do anything to earn it. They just have better genes than everybody else. There's people that are born to some really privileged families. And there's some that just seem to always do, do us right. They always seem to be in the right place in the right time and just live under some favored sign. I don't know what it is. Born under a good star. We've seen these people, right? They're really annoying. Gosh, so annoying. One of the luckiest people I ever heard of was a woman named Joan Ginther. She was a school teacher from Texas. And she won the lottery not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. 
And I'm not talking about like a little scratch card win $5. All of the jackpots were at least $2 million. And she won it four times. I mean, that just, it's just not fair. How does that happen? How does one person win the lottery four times? It's ah, so frustrating to hear about that. Somebody that lucky. And when we think about luck and, and fortune and how powerful it is, it seems apparent that luck seems to win out every time over hard work and good sense. Hard work and good sense versus luck and fortune. Luck and fortune seem to win every time. I'll give you another example. 2013, Auburn versus Georgia in a football game. Georgia's winning by one point. We're in the last minute of the game. Auburn's on their own 30-yard line. They've got forever to go. Fourth and like 20 or 30. All right, the quarterback for Auburn, just, he just heaves up this desperation throw. And right there under the ball, two Georgia defenders. The Auburn receiver's like about five yards behind him. He didn't have a shot at the ball. All they have to do is let the ball hit him in the chest and fall, and they win. Well, both the Georgia players try to get the ball, and the ball bounces up in the air over their heads. And it into the arms of the waiting Auburn receiver, who was just as surprised as anybody that the ball finally landed in his hands and he runs into the touchdown. Auburn wins. Now, just in case you think that was just a fluke, the very next week, Iron Bowl, Auburn versus Alabama. Game is tied, a few seconds left. Alabama's gonna kick a, try to kick a game winning field goal. It's a long one, and they kick it. The ball is short, and there's an Auburn player waiting in the end zone. He catches it and runs through everybody and 110 yards to score a game-winning touchdown. And if that wasn't bad enough, they got to play Missouri in the SEC championship, who Carolina had beaten that year, by the way, and we should have been, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, sometimes it is better to be lucky than to be good. Sometimes it works a lot better to be lucky and good, and luck and fortune can seem to make an absolute and total mockery of all of our work and all of our effort. In other words, life is unfair. Life is unfair. It can be extremely unfair, and I'm not just moaning here, okay? The Bible agrees with me. Today I read you a passage, the race is not to the swift. The battle is not to the strong. The riches are not to the intelligent. Time and chance happen to them all. In other words, the best team doesn't always win. Effort, hard work, wisdom, planning, as good as you can make them, they don't always win out. And this is true in every area of life. It's true in sports. It's true in business. It's true in life in general. And we've all experienced it. We've all seen it happen to us firsthand. Maybe we've been passed over for a promotion for somebody who you know didn't work as hard as you and hadn't been with the company but half the time that you've been with them. We've seen those people that make absolutely no effort at being healthy. And here we are just chugging away on the, the elliptical bikes and watching what we eat and 
He's healthier than we are. He's just sitting on the couch eating bonbons, and he looks like an Adonis. We've seen people with absolutely no management skills, no idea how to run a business, do everything wrong you could possibly do, and somehow manage to make millions of dollars. And we've seen the, the meanest, most despicable person in our friend group be the one that's the most liked and the most popular. It's a universal theme. Life isn't fair. That fortune comes and fortune goes, and you don't know where it's going to strike next. There was a, a musical piece written by a composer named Carl Orff. It's called Carmina Burana. And he based his music on uh, these medieval poems written in the 13th century by, uh, by a bunch of monks. And one of the most popular songs is called O Fortuna. I'm not going to sing it for you, but I promise you'd recognize it. But the English translation of O Fortuna goes like this. O fortune, like the moon, you are changeable. Ever waxing, ever waning, hateful life first oppresses, then soothes as fancy takes it. Poverty and power, it melts them like ice. In other words, life is unfair. Success can fall on the unworthy, and the next minute disaster falls on the worthy. And we can also do everything right. Do everything the exact way we're supposed to do it. And it still comes out wrong. It kind of makes a mockery of human effort. I mean, at some point we're going to say, why am I bother trying? I mean, why am I bother making the effort when all of my work can get blown away in just one wind of fortune? And we, and we think that way, it'll easily lead us to a place that's called resignation. Resignation where we just shrug our shoulders and be like, why? Why do I care? I mean, why do I even bother? What, what does it matter what I do? Just whatever. I'm going to show up and let the chips fall where they may. See, the race is not to the swift, nor battle to the strong, nor riches to the intelligent, but... Time and chance happen to them all. Our good planning and our hard work can amount to nothing. And that's what Solomon means by including wisdom in this. That's what our wisdom is. Our wisdom is, is good planning and, and, and good strategy. And working smart. Working with intelligence. But all of that wisdom can come to nothing. But, but. Solomon says, it is still good to be wise. Even though that, that wise man who saved the city is forgotten, even though nobody gives honor to that wise man, even though wisdom is better than might, it's still better than weapons. And it's still good to be wise. So how, how can Solomon justify this? After he's just told us that fortune comes wherever it will go, and then facing off against fortune, fortune wins every time. You put fortune and luck in one corner, and you put wisdom and planning and hard work in the other corner. Fortune wins every time. So why try? Why is it, Solomon says, it is still better to be wise? 
Well, in practical terms, the effort still makes sense. Right? Hard work and planning always will increase your chances of success. Even though it might come down to fortune, hard work and good planning always will increase your chances of success. Is it a guarantee? Absolutely not. And it can make you frustrated the harder you work and the more you plan and the more you don't see any fruit for your labor, but it still increases your chance of success. Let me give you another football story here. Alabama, number one, comes into Williams-Brice Stadium. No chance Carolina can win, right? Steve Spurrier, before the game in his speech, he tells his players, let's give fate a chance. And he was acknowledging all the hard work and all the effort aren't going to guarantee we win, and it might come down just to a lucky bounce of the ball. He says, but let's give it a chance. Let's do everything we can do so if it comes down to fortune that we are in a position to take advantage of it. So hard work and wisdom are practically beneficial. But there's another reason we should seek wisdom. And there's another reason we should work hard. And there's another we reason we should seek to be virtuous men and women. And that reason is you're supposed to. That is what you're supposed to do. Or I can put it to you like this. Wisdom and effort may not guarantee or always lead to success. But who exactly told you that you were put on this earth to be successful? Who put that idea into your head that we were put on this earth to be successful? I mean, success as the world measures it. Success by the world's standards of fame and power and wealth. Who told you that? I mean, is that why we're here? Is that why God made us? Is there anywhere written here in the Bible that God put us here for you to be famous? Is it written down anywhere here that, that God put you on this earth to be rich? Is there a passage, did one of the prophets say that he put you here to be powerful? Did, did Paul ever write down that the reason why God put you on here on earth is so you can have more than everyone else or you can climb high on the social or the corporate ladder? Did Jesus ever make a promise to you that you were going to have the nicest house or the prettiest family or the greatest body or the, or the best clothes than anybody else you knew? I haven't found it. If you know of a place in there where it's written, please let me know. But as far as I know, that's not why we're here. That's not why God has put us here on this earth is to be successful by the standards of the world. And maybe... Maybe fickle, the fortune is so fickle so that we always remember that. Fortune comes and fortune goes so that we will always remember that worldly success is not our success. And worldly success and fortune and good luck are not what we base our life and faith upon. The Christian theologian St. Augustine said this about 1,500 years ago. He says, God lets fortune go to everyone, though he distributes it in unfair amounts. But blessing comes only to the children of God. So God lets fortune go to everyone, though he gives it in unfair amounts. But blessing 
comes only to the children of God. And friends, we're not here for fortune. We're here for blessing. We're here to be blessed by our God. We're not here for success as the world measures success. We're here for success as God measures success. And the way God measures success is by faith. God measures our success by the measure of our faith. And our success by faith is not in the money earned, or it's not in the fame amassed, it's not in the power gathered. It's how much you trusted the Lord. It's how much you trusted God in your daily life. And in the up and down of fortune, God's given us a great way to trust Him. He's given us a fantastic way to trust Him. That we can work hard, that we can seek wisdom, that we can do what is righteous and virtuous and still not come out on top. Or, or, or even better, even we fail completely at it. But then we can get up do it again the next morning. Not because of our success, but because we believe. And now we're getting up and still working hard and still seeking wisdom and still seeking God and still striving to be righteous is our way of saying, God, I don't know why you have me doing this, but I trust that this is good. I trust that what I am doing here and being obedient to you is building your kingdom. And this is for your glory. That's why we're here. We're here to trust God. We're here to learn faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I can't make sense of fortune. All right? Don't ask me. I can't make sense of luck, okay? Why some people win the lottery four times and most of us can play our whole life and not win it once? I don't know. Why can some people get along in life without either, uh, even trying? I don't know. Why do some people die young despite their best efforts while others are healthy despite no effort? I don't know. Why is Auburn so lucky in football? Who knows? Who knows? It doesn't make any sense. It's beyond me. Okay, fortune isn't fair. Just got to accept that. Fortune is not fair. It's beyond my control, and it's beyond your control. But it's not beyond God's control. And if he lets fortune just go like this, seemingly willy-nilly, and there's got to be a good reason for it. But for now, the race is not to the swift. The battle is not to the strong. And riches are not to the intelligent. But time and chance happen to us all. And we don't control time and chance. But you know what? Time and chance don't control you either. You control your effort. 
You control whether or not you will seek wisdom or folly. You control whether you will live your life in sin or righteousness. You control who you will follow. You control who you will trust. And this is the business of the children of man. Because if it comes to the very end, you're not going to be judged on how successful you were by the world's standards. You will be judged by how much you trusted God, how much you loved Him, and how much you loved each other. And that, that is something we can control. We can choose to have faith in God. We can choose to have faith in our Savior, and we can choose to have faith and His promise. Does that mean we're going to win the lottery? No, it does not. In fact, you can live a life of great faith as well as a life of great poverty. It's happened before. Being faithful doesn't mean that you will be fortunate. But it does mean you will be blessed. And the blessing of God is something that even the most fortunate people in the world will one day come to envy. To God be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.